0: With all that we have learned about the city so far, it does come across as a most hostile environment for a werewolf. After all, being so distant from the balance of nature, it is a singularly unnatural environment that goes against many of the core tenets of the Garu's beliefs. Yet the Garu are warriors, and like many soldiers, they will need to wage their wars in strange lands and hostile territories. The cities may be home to some of the most dangerous of their foes, But likewise, it can also provide ample resources and opportunities for guerrilla warfare, safety in the anonymity of numbers merely a shift away. With so many humans around, the agents of the Wyrm will have as much, if not more, problems finding their foe that the Garu do. While Glasswalkers and Bone Nars tend to be the two tribes most closely associated with living in the city, this does not exclude the other tribes from doing this as well. In fact, it is rather more unusual to find these two tribes present in the wild, rather than the other way around. And as the ratio of human-born to wolf-born Garu continues to grow, and as more and more move to bigger cities to find work and living, so too do Garu grow up in the busting life of cities. Even as their Garu senses stir and the city becomes a much more hostile environment to them, they remain at least in the vicinity a certain comfort to be found in fast-food joints, nightclubs, and streetlights. Only a rare few tribes and septs, the Red Talons for instance, eschew the city as much as possible. Most others will begrudgingly accept that they may have to occasionally visit it, if nothing else to get provisions, news, and meet with contacts. In the modern day, any guru who choose to isolate themselves from civilization will quickly lose track of current events, and may find themselves easily outmaneuvered by an enemy that can use advanced GPS tracking, propaganda, and high-tech gadgets and machinery to see the will of the Wyrm and Weaver done. One of the advantages that comes with operating within a city is that everything is suddenly much closer, and this includes both friends and foes. It is quite easy for a city living guru to amass a respectable amount of kinfolk and allies within just a few generations. And despite living in the city, many humans do feel that there is an imbalance in the world. But they often struggle with finding a way to help in a meaningful way. Recruiting disillusioned college students, activists and others frustrated with the current state of things is a good way for the guru to bolster their forces. These kinfolk and allies, in turn, can't help with anything from surveillance to espionage. In fact, the Glasswalkers and Bonars together supply a vast amount of information to the other tribes about the going-ons regarding Pentex and its many subsidiaries. The Glasswalkers may rely more on white-collar operations and hacking, while the Bonars trust their blue-collar kinfolk to know what's happening on the ground floor. The downside to this is, of course, that with the enemy so close, Corruption is always a present danger. Banes, the corrupting spirits of the Wyrm, can be found in the most innocuous of objects, and with the daily exposure to these threats, the Guru have to take extra care so that their loved ones are not accidentally exposed and become lost to their enemy. It's not just with kinfolk and their allies, of course. The Guru are literally surrounded by potential servants of the Wyrm and the Weaver, and they must take care to choose their targets exceptionally well. Most experienced city-dwelling Garou will have a list of priorities, where threats to the Cairn, their own secrecy, and their kinfolk often take precedence. Many visiting Garou will find faults in this, but no Cairn can afford the amount of attention that comes with killing every single, worm-tainted individual they come upon, as even in the World of Darkness, this will rarely go unnoticed for long. These city-dwellers also tend to look at things as active and passive threats, either threats that are actively trying to destroy Gaia and bring about the apocalypse, such as pentix created monsters or Black Spiral Dancers, or threats that need to be dealt with more smartly, and who may not be actively trying to destroy the world. Few leeches are actively striving to bring about the end of the world, and mages, while self-righteous and often blind to the needs of others before themselves, have their own ways of limiting the impact they have on Gaia. Unfortunately, city Garou tend to also fall into conflict with one another when no clear active threat is immediately present. While Bone nars may not necessarily wage war against each other, glasswalkers can often reach a point where they let their power and influence get the best of them. And with the limited amount of cairns and places of power available in the city, there are often scuffs over which pack will be in control of them. Naturally, as soon as a particularly nasty group of Fomori, or a first team, arrives to fight them, the guru will drop everything to form rank. But as soon as the threat is gone, the territorial werewolves will begin to scheme and fight against each other again. Hierarchy and pecking orders are less of a thing, if still a thing, in city sets, and this is for a practical reason. Garou born and raised in a city are often used to a certain amount of liberty, and it's hard to justify the reasoning behind listen to your elders when the world of the city guru can change in the blink of an eye, and ways of thinking and acting that were common sense a generation ago can now seem hopelessly or even dangerously outdated. Thus, younger guru often have more to say in city septs, even if, of course, the decision-making is usually still with the elders of the sept. The veil, the secrecy of the guru, is of utmost importance, and, unlike the wilderness, a misstep in the city can have vastly more far-reaching consequences to accept, or even to the guru nation. Some say that there are now more cameras in a city than there are people, and that might not be too far from the truth. Consider that each cell phone carries a high-definition camera in it, and then that many stores have CCTV systems, not to mention that some cities even have such devices on the streets or on public transports, and suddenly it becomes very dangerous for a guru to move about in any form outside of Hamid, and maybe Glabro. Sure, as a wolf, they may not attract too much attention, at first, but all it takes is one human who's competent enough to spot that they're not looking at a dog, and there will be a commotion. Wolves, after all, rarely, if ever, go into human cities to begin with. As rare as cairns are in a city, few things are as sacred and worth dying for as the protection of one. And the Garu of the city all know this. They go to great lengths to ensure that their sacred ward is protected both in the physical and the spiritual realm. And glasswalkers have been known to sink exorbitant amounts of money into security and buying up nearby buildings to craft almost a fortress within the city. Sewers, however, they tend to avoid at all costs, even cutting off access to the buildings completely. Knowing what dwells down there, this is perhaps a wise choice, as both sewer-living vampires and black spiral dancers have been known to use these unsupervised tunnels to make their way past Garu defenses in the past. There are many threats in the city, and the worm and its servants are but a few. The police force of any given city tends to get involved whenever the Guru have acted out, unless they are very careful about it. Whether it's the beat cop on the street, or detectives trying to track down the culprits of several recent murders, the law has a habit of getting in the way of saving Gaia. It is up to each sept to determine what relationship they have with law enforcement, but it is a relationship they inevitably will have, regardless of their wishes. Sometimes it's as easy as making a few cops disappear. Corruption is hardly unusual, and one less bad apple in the force might actually make a positive difference. But this line of thinking will ultimately just escalate things. The police might even be a potent ally, if they can be directed in the right way, and the guru manages to get in touch with one of the few good ones, who will take whatever evidence they're presented with in good faith and act on it. Garou might also run into trouble when their faces are recognized as well. Quite a number of them have for some reason or another cut ties with their family, and the police have an extensive data bank on lost children. Trying to weasel out of well-meaning cops who want to reunite them with their families may not seem like a hassle, but it definitely makes it harder to disappear into a crowd. The media, likewise, is often a hindrance and rarely a help. Whether they are covering the recent upsurge in corporate executives gone missing, or they make a special on the lives of the city's homeless, bringing unwanted attention to the Sept's kinfolks and members, the media has a tendency to make matters worse for the Guru. Some werewolves insist on trying to make the big media spin their version of the story, to turn public opinion against megacorporations and the destruction of our planet. Aside from a few exceptions, these rarely make it to the headlines, though, unless the story is juicy enough, as traditional media more and more has to adapt itself to the desires of its readers, rather than the truth, and nothing but the truth. Politicians prove a constant thorn in the side for the guru as well, and any sect that don't involve their kinfolks in local affairs, at least at a minimum, may quickly find themselves in a highly disadvantageous position. Whether it's the gentrification of a kinfolk neighborhood, complete with rent hikes and no pets allowed rules, a mayor's decision to be tough on crime, meaning more security cameras and a bigger budget for law enforcement, or simple old corruption that allows for more and more of Pentix's servants to claim dominion in a city, politics are, as often famously said, everything, and everything is politics. If the Garu are not careful, they will be outmaneuvered and maybe even forced away from their cairn, evicted on legal grounds. While dealing with their evictors may not be that difficult, humans tend to not put up much resistance against the Krinos, the repercussions of such hasty actings is just what the Servants of the Wyrm are hoping for in order to put even more public attention on the Guru and their deeds. Naturally, not all of these enemies are forces of the Wyrm. In fact, quite often, it is agents of the Weaver who work against the Guru in cities, whether directly or indirectly, as their presence often disturbs the careful and meticulous work of the Great Architect. Wise Garu have learned to adapt to this, and they conduct their business with such stealth and subtlety that it barely registers as a droplet on the surface. But, in the end, they are violent creatures, and destruction is what they do best. Thus, the Ura of the city have to constantly weigh the scales of their actions, always mindful of the consequences of their choices, and the gains and sacrifices that may come with them. The four grandchildren of Cain wait patiently for the time of judgment to arise. Snow, wise beyond his years and powerful in his compassion. Bambi Parsons, a leader with an unbreakable will. Procyon, who has been reborn as a god amongst Cain's angels, who we pray unto for our salvation. And Dugal, whose thirst for blood is matched only by his strength of will and purpose. Their childhood and Methuselah control our every move through their timeless jihad. They are Her Satanic Majesty Danny, whose mere presence chills the heart, Socrates Johnson, a masterful craftsman of stories, Lauren Eason, a trustworthy ally and friend, and Alexander Kanehurst, an inquisitive explorer of the world of darkness. On the Council of the Primogen are seated Edward Reed, Colin Gifford, Zero Six, Ian Nichols, The Black Friar, Ravenfang, Brad Hardwick, Pilgrim, Ghetto Mathrox, Michelle Light, and the Autumn Alchemists, wise leaders and of good judgment. This week, the Council will wish to thank the Elder Non-God for their continued loyalty and service to our cause, as well as the Ensillae, Harry Wyckoff, who has remained a staunch supporter through times of peace and times of trouble. Naturally, all our Elders, Ensillae and Neonates receive our gratitude from the bottoms of our hearts. Without your support, the work of the Council would not be possible. And thank you for watching. The full moon rises, and Gaia's warriors strike out into the night. Tremble, servants of the Wyrm.